Welcome to Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. My name is John Lovering. Today we're taking a visit, another visit, to a doctor's office. You won't need your insurance or your Medicare card. There will be no co-pays, and if you need the medications, they are free. That's the good news. The bad news, this is a radio series that's about a fictional character, Dr. Christian who is played by an actor who knows nothing about medicine, but certainly sounds like he does, in his extremely popular series. CBS Radio's Dr. Christian was broadcast on every Sunday from November 7, 1937 through January 6, 1950. It was basically a soap opera, but not your everyday soap opera. The soap opera played like a serial drama as each episode was complete. But to keep listeners abreast of the goings-on, past activity was referred to within other episodes, as is done with all other soap operas. Dr. Christian was portrayed by Gene Herschel, who also played Shirley Temple's Alps-dwelling grandfather in the movie Heidi. Does anyone remember that film? It's a classic. The female lead of Nurse Judy Price was played by Rosemary DeCamp, and then uh, Lorene Tuttle, Kathleen Fitz, and Helen Clare. The opening theme music was Rainbow on the River. Dr. Christian was so popular and Herschel's portrayal of him so real that he consistently received mail from listeners asking for medical advice. Oh, if he were only around today. Dr. Christian, a country doctor in the small town of River's End, gave wise advice, never talking down to those he doctored. The episodes appear to be so current day that it is hard to believe Much of Dr. Christian was written over 80 years ago. So here with the entertaining Vaseline petroleum jelly commercials included is the December 12, 1937 episode of Dr. Christian entitled The Mother-in-Law Story. This is John Lovering for Heirloom Radio. I do appreciate the time that you contribute for listening to this podcast. It's much appreciated. California, Chapter 6 in the Chronicles of River's End. The star of the show, Gene Herschelt, in his greatest of all roles. The title of the show, Dr. Christian. The sponsor of the show, the Cheesebro Manufacturing Company, owners of the trademark Vaseline. These programs, starring Gene Herschelt, famous screen actor in the role of Paul Christian, the doctor of River's End, Come to you each Sunday afternoon at this hour with the good wishes of the makers of Vaseline preparations. Each product bearing the trademark Vaseline is the best of its kind that can be marketed. All the Vaseline products are manufactured with the same degree of scrupulous care, are sterilized in the process of manufacture, and are packed in sterilized containers. And now to our story of Dr. Christian. It begins in his suite of offices on the main street of River's End. Judy! Oh, Judy. Yes? Say, what's the matter with this necktie? It doesn't look right. Where does this end go? No, no, that's wrong. Here, let me fix it. Ah, how those clever surgeon's hands can be so clumsy over a little thing like tying a necktie. Well, to do a good job on my cell, I ought to be put on an anesthetic. Hold still. In fact, it might be a good idea if I wear on an anesthetic until this wedding is over. There. (laughs) 
Now, let me look at you. Well, do you, do you think I'll do? Ah, uh, you're a perfect example of what the well-dressed wedding guest should wear. Hmm. When I went to school, we learned a poem about a wedding guest. The wedding guest, hair beat his breast. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I know why. Because he had to dress up in clothes like these. Oh, <laughs> you don't fool me one bit about those clothes, Dr. Christian. You like to dress up. Uh, you didn't wear your dress so early. Three hours till the wedding. I know it, but I have to make a call and it won't, uh... Got to be back at the office, you see. Well, don't forget you're to give the bride away and it's customary to call for her in time to get to the ceremony. Wedding without a bride isn't much of an affair. Oh, I'll be there under that. So Wilma Parker is finally going to marry Howard Ross. Mm-hmm. Well, Howard is a mighty nice boy. There aren't many young fellows like him nowadays. Look at the way he's been taking care of his mother. I hope he looks after Wilma half as well. I remember last spring when Howard turned down a fine opportunity in the city. Just because he didn't want to leave his mother alone. Oh, she could have gone with him, couldn't she? There's only the two of them. Well, you know how that is. Mrs. Ross has lived here all her life. All her friends are here. At her age, it's pretty hard to pull up and leave. Well, it wouldn't have hurt her to make a little sacrifice, especially when it's for Howard's future. He's certainly done enough for her. Well, she's done a lot for him, too. Don't forget that. But she's had her life. If you called hard work any kind of life. She ought to let Howard have his. <laughs> Youth must be served, eh? I wonder if anybody has ever stopped to ask why. But it isn't fair to All keep... right, Judy, all right. Let's not argue about it. Whether this is a world for young people or old people is a question that nobody will ever be able to settle. It all depends on your point of view, and that changes. Oh, why, Wilma? Well, here comes the bride. Hello, Wilma. I'm not a bride yet, and I won't be if Miss Spence doesn't get my dress finished. She's still working on it. Well, what are you going to do? Well, let's call the wedding off. We'll save her old shoes and wear them a little longer. <laughs> well, I can't possibly pick up the dress, get clear out to my sisters and back again. So I'm going to dress at Miss Spence's house. And I'll meet you and Dr. Christian right here at 2 o'clock. Uh, how soon after the wedding are you leaving? We're catching the Red Chief t- tonight. But that's a secret. I've got to run along. I've got a million things to do. Well, uh, look, we'll meet you here. And Wilma, then... oh. I-, I hate to hurry. Oh, come in, Howard, come in. We haven't got much time. Howard Ross, I'm surprised. Don't you know it isn't proper to see your bride till you meet her at the wedding? <laughs> Try and stop me. <laughs> oh, Dr. Christian, you allow things like this in your office. He kissed her. Mm-hmm. Well, young man, you're going to have to marry her. Try and stop me from doing that, too. <laughs> uh, we do have to go. Howard and I have some last-minute errands to do. Bye. Goodbye, Dr. Christian. Bye. Goodbye. Oh, I'll meet you here, Wilma, and Howard, I'll see you at the wedding. All right, Doctor. She looks positively radiant. Well, happy is the bright the sun shines on. Say, I'd better be making that call. All right, but please, Dr. Christian, please be here at 2 o'clock. Oh, I'll be back by 1.30. Ah. Uh, oh, say, Judy. <laughs> what do I have to do when I when I give the bride away? <laughs> <laughs> you just give her your arm and walk toward the minister. Here, I'll show you. No, no, stand on the other side of me. Oh, on, on this side? Yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. Now. Da, 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 Am I late? 
How do I look? Oh, Wilma, you look marvelous. Where's Dr. Christian? Oh, he'll be here any minute. Here, quick, take off your coat and let me see your dress. Oh, it's adorable. Turn around. It's the prettiest dress you've ever had. I hope Howard likes it. Blue is his favorite color. Oh, he'll love it. But you shouldn't have walked over here wearing it. When it started snowing, why didn't you phone? I'd have had Dr. Christian call at Miss Spencer's for you. Is it snowing? It's been trying to ever since noon. I hadn't noticed it. No, of course not. As far as you're concerned, it's June and all the roses are in bloom. Oh, Judy, I'm so thrilled and so happy that I... Oh, wait a minute. Dr. Christian's office. Yes, she's here. Who wants her? Oh, the Enterprise. Well, she's much too excited to talk. What do they want, Judy? Wait a minute. Uh, yes, I'll tell you about it. No, it's just a quiet little wedding at the home of the groom. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes, and you can say that the bride wore blue velvet and looked lovely. <laughs> You're quite welcome. You might as well get in the paper, Wilma, as long as... Oh, and I thought you were going to be here at 1.30. I had another call. Mrs. Ross is ill. Mrs. Ross? I don't know how serious it is yet, but... Uh... Oh, Wilma, I... Uh... Uh, well... Howard thinks the wedding ought to be postponed. Postponed? Well, he feels it wouldn't do to have the house full of people, and naturally he doesn't want to leave on a honeymoon with his mother ill. Well, he can't put off a wedding. I I never heard of such a thing. What about the other guests? You'll have to phone him, Judy. Where is he? Where is Howard? Uh, He's with his mother right now. He'll be here in a little while uh, to explain things and take you home. He needn't. I'll go alone. Now, Wilma, you can't walk way out there. No, you you spoil your dress. What difference does it make? Oh, now, don't be silly. You act as if it's Howard's fault. He feels as badly about it as you do. I I know it's disappointing, but it probably only means putting the wedding off for a day or two. Why couldn't we have had the wedding someplace else? It didn't have to be at his house. When he comes, suggest that to him. He didn't stop to think. When he comes, I won't be here. Goodbye, Judy. Oh, oh no, how, hold on. No, it's it's snowing. If, if you won't wait for Howard, I'll drive you home. Oh, but at least you ought to give him a chance to explain. He doesn't have to explain. I know all about it. I've known about it for three years. It isn't Howard, it's his mother. She doesn't want Howard to marry me. And there's nothing the matter with her. It's just a trick to keep him from me. Oh, well, Oh, then. Mrs. Ross wouldn't do a thing like that. Oh, wouldn't she? She's been doing it ever since Howard and I started going together, interfering, scheming, and plotting, taking advantage of everything to keep us apart. I'm sure you're mistaken, Will. Although I'm not. This isn't the first time she's interfered with our wedding. I've always tried to make people believe it was I who put it off. I didn't want to be humiliated. Now she's not even sparing me, me this. By this time tomorrow, the whole town will know. Know that Howard Ross has walked out on me. Oh, but he hasn't. That's what they'll all think. Try to make them believe anything different. What a laugh they'll get out of it. <laughs> what a laugh. <laughs> Judy, phone the guests and tell them that the wedding is postponed on account of the sudden illness of the groom's mother. It's doctor's order. Oh, Wilma, wait, Wilma. In bringing you these human dramas woven around the life of River's End and its beloved Dr. Paul Christian, the makers of Vaseline preparations hope that they will help you to find release from your own problems so that Sunday truly becomes a day of rest and relaxation for every listener. For more than 50 years, Vaseline petroleum jelly has been contributing to the nation's comfort in a practical and material way, too. 
Try it, for example, on work-roughened hands and see how quickly it soothes them. Many occupations, cement workers, stone cutters, mechanics, miners, furriers, and, of course, housewives, to name only a few, find that their work is particularly hard on the hands, causing roughness, irritation, even hangnails and broken skin. Vaseline jelly is the best friend of such workers. Keep a jar or tube in your locker or on the kitchen shelf just for use on your hands after you wash up for the day. Massage it thoroughly into the skin and wipe off the surplus. If you do this regularly every day, it will put an end to roughness, redness, and chapped skin. It's an inexpensive remedy, too. Only ten cents a jar anywhere in the United States. to River's End. The time is three days later. Dr. Christian is out on his rounds and has just stopped at the Ross home. Mrs. Ross is seated in an easy chair in front of a cheerful blazing fire. Well, so you're up already. Looks like I'm not particularly needed here. Hello, Dr. Christian. Mother felt so much better this morning that she thought she'd come downstairs. Yes, I'm afraid I'm not going to be a very profitable case. (laughs) (laughs) I, I have to phone the office, Mother. Will you pardon me, Doctor? Oh, go right ahead, Howard. Is uh, Howard still working with the telephone company? Yes. And I wouldn't be surprised if he were promoted to superintendent of the River's End branch before long. Well, that's fine. So you see, the money and effort I put in, getting him to take that correspondence course, is paying out. Mm, And so you're feeling better this morning. Oh, much better. I'm practically as good as ever. Hmm. Howard is going back to work tomorrow. Going back to work, eh? Oh, I thought maybe he'd be leaving on his honeymoon now that you're better. Howard hasn't discussed it with me in detail. But I gather his plan is to put off the wedding until spring. Are you sure it's not your plan? Dr. Christian, getting married is a rather personal affair. I wouldn't presume to advise Howard on anything like that. He's quite capable of making his own decisions. Oh, of course. I, I didn't exactly mean it that way. But Howard is, uh, well, he's been very devoted to you and likely to be guided by your wishes and opinions, even though you haven't intended to guide him. As far as I can recall, I never expressed my opinions on the subject. But frankly, I see no reason why they should want to rush into marriage. Well, maybe it's because they're in love. Love isn't the only point to be considered. To be perfectly practical about it, Howard has to maintain a home for me. Well, if, if Howard were married, he wouldn't stop maintaining a home for you, would he? No. So a wife would be an added burden to him. <laughs> but people do manage. I don't want Howard to marry till he reaches a place where he won't have to manage. Isn't that common sense? Well, they've been trying to mix love and common sense ever since the beginning of history, and it never works. Well, don't get up. I know my way out. Goodbye, Mrs. Ross. Goodbye, Doctor. Oh, Howard, did you put my overcoat in the closet? Uh, Here it is. Thanks. Say, uh, Dr. Christian, have you seen Wilma lately? No. No, not since that day I took her home. What did she say when you told her? Well, you'd better talk that over with her, Howard. She won't talk to me. She won't even come to the phone. Well, why didn't you go out and see her? I did. She refused to come downstairs. It isn't like Wilma to act this way. She's always been so understanding. Well, Howard, women have strange notions. 
One of them is that it isn't so jolly getting all ready for a wedding and then having it put off. She certainly couldn't expect me to get married when my mother was sick. She's acting as if I jilted her. Well, that's what most people believe. What? Oh, you're kidding. It's been talked about all over town. Why, they're crazy. Everyone knows why the wedding was put off. Wasn't your wedding put off a couple of times before? No. Oh, we made plans several times that had to be postponed. Once when Mother hurt her back and once when... Look here. They can't believe this was intentional. Well, just the same to do. But Wilma can't believe it. Oh, when a thing like that happens three times, what would anybody believe? I see. Howard, go out and see her again and have a nice long talk and straighten everything out. If she thinks I'm the kind of guy who... Well, down in her heart, I'm sure she doesn't. But what's happened has been pretty bitter for her. It's up to you to make some kind of amends. I've tried to explain and she won't listen. All right, she doesn't have to. Oh, you're angry now. People always get kind of a satisfaction out of being angry. But the anger won't last. And when it goes, it'll leave an empty space. An empty space that nothing will ever fill. Well, I'm not going to apologize to her. I haven't anything to apologize for. I'm not going to be humiliated. Humiliated. That's the word she used. Why are people so afraid of being humiliated? Willing to go to any lengths to protect a little conceit. Just the same. If she expects me to come crawling, she's mistaken. All right, Howard. All right. Let's forget about it. Goodbye. Oh, wait a minute. Listen, you call her up and tell her that I... What? Uh, Nothing. Goodbye. Stubborn, unruly hair, like stubborn people, often will respond to coaxing. Why not try a little Vaseline hair tonic applied with the palms of the hands and brushed into the hair to make your hair tractable? It won't resist very long, we can assure you. For the Vaseline hair tonic spreads evenly over the hair, making it pliable and giving it just enough sheen and luster to look well-groomed. More important, however, than good grooming is hair health. Dryness of the scalp, scaliness or dandruff and falling hair are indications that the scalp is not functioning as it should. You can stimulate the scalp to normal functioning by this simple scalp care. Each time that you shampoo the hair, give the scalp a good workout with Vaseline hair tonic first. Massage the scalp till it tingles with the increased flow of blood to the hair roots. And after a few moments of this treatment, shampoo the hair with any mild soap. You will find when the hair is dry again that it actually looks and feels cleaner and softer. Vaseline hair tonic comes in two sizes priced at 40 and 70 cents. The 40 cent size will give you 6 to 10 scalp workouts, as well as keeping the hair groomed in between times. Surely this is a very small investment for you to make for hair and scalp health. We resume our story of Dr. Christian with Gene Hersholt, one of Hollywood's most gifted stars, playing the role of the small-town doctor which he has made famous. It is the day following Dr. Christian's visit to Mrs. Ross, and it's a stormy, snowy evening. The scene is again laid in the doctor's reception room. I'll phone and see if she's here. Hello? Hello? What's the matter here? Hello? Hello? Why, Wilma? Well, 
What's the idea of all the luggage? I'm leaving town. Where's Judy? Judy's gone home. She left more than an hour ago, but... I tried to call her earlier, but your phone didn't answer. I'm catching the 7.30 train. Well, what's this all about? Are you... Are you going on a trip or... I'm getting out of River's End. After what's happened, I can't stay here, having people laugh at me. Oh, now, Wilma, aren't you taking all this too much to heart? People will forget They won't it. forget. A girl given the runaround like Howard's given it to me. Not a chance. I'm not going to stay and be one of the town jokes. Oh, but Howard didn't give you the runaround. It amounts to the same thing. He did what his mother told him to do. Shh. Careful. Mrs. Ross is in my private office. Oh, I thought she was sick in bed. She got better very rapidly, didn't she? Wilma, don't talk so loud. She'll hear you. You think I care after what she's done to me? Now listen, Wilma. All right. I don't want to make a scene. I only came in to say goodbye. You've been swell to me, Dr. Christian. You and Judy. And I guess that's just about the whole list. Tell Judy goodbye for me, will you? Wait a minute, Wilma. Wait a minute. What are you going to do? What are your plans? I haven't any plans except... Go to the city, get a job there. Maybe I'll take up typing or something. I'll get along all right. I'll... I... Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you in my car and take you right back home. This is all nonsense. But I can't stay with my sister all my life, sponging off of her. I've been there too long now. Well, you earn your keep there. Yes. It's a great life, isn't it? Living with your relatives, earning your keep. You know they don't want you, only they can't turn you out. Well, I... At least you can go back to your sisters for a little while, and then maybe... Oh, Dr. Christian, have you heard from Howard yet? Oh, hello, Wilma. Uh, Wilma is, uh, she's leaving town tonight, Mrs. Ross. Going away? Yes. I'm sorry to hear that, Wilma. We'll miss you. But I suppose you'll be back soon. No, you needn't worry. I won't be back. You've attended to that very thoroughly. You hate me, don't you? Not as much as you must hate yourself. Don't. Oh, uh, don't pay any attention, Mrs. Ross. She's, she's a little excited. She's... I understand. Only when one person hates another, there must be a reason. I'm curious to know what it is. You can stand there and ask me that? After what you've done to my life and your own son's life? Just because you're selfish. Just because you don't want me to have Howard. Yes, Wilma. I am selfish. I don't want you to have Howard. Because, but, but not especially you. You see, Wilma... No mother wants any woman to take her son away from her. But, but I have some claim on him. Claim? He told me he loved me. And I believed him. I've waited for him for three years. Gave him three years of my life. You've given him three years of your life. I've given him 25. Rarely given them to him. You don't know what it is to face the world with no assistance. No money. And a boy five years old. And know you have to bring him up properly, provide the things he has to have, raise him to be a man, a good man. You talk about having a claim on him. All right, leave my feelings out of this. But what about him? What have you done to him? Wilma, Wilma, it, it isn't good to let yourself go this way. You're only hurting yourself. Oh, let her talk. I haven't anything more to say except this. Howard loves me. You stopped him from marrying me. He'll never forgive you for that. You can have him, but you'll have him knowing down in your heart he hates you. Dr. Christian? Dr. Christian? Why, Ryan, what is it? In action. Some of the phone lines are down on account of the storm. And, and I was working on a pole with young Ross. He, he slipped and fell and... Howard! 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 Oh, oh Mrs. Ross, I'm afraid he is. 
pretty bad. I tried to carry him here, but, well, he he's kind of hefty, and I, I couldn't make no headway through the snow. I had to leave him. Oh. Where is he? Down by the river. Better make it fast, Doc. It's snowing hard, and it'll cover him up. Oh. We won't be able to find him. Where till I get my coat? And we'll have to walk. You'll never get through in a car. Oh, hurry, Doctor. Hurry. All right, I'm ready. Come on, Ryan. time is it now? A little after two. Seven hours. They've been gone seven hours and still no word. They haven't found him. They must have found him by this time. They must. They might have taken him home. Taken him home instead of bringing him here. That's it. He's at home. Phone the house. Telephone. Hello? Hello? I forgot. The phone's dead. Oh, let me try. Let me try. Hello? Central? Hello? No use. If they were at the house, Dr. Christian would have sent word to us. I'm not going to give up. Oh, it's too young to die. There's no reason why he should die. Life couldn't be that cruel. You don't know how cruel life can be. Or is it life? Isn't it just ourselves? Listen, there's someone coming. I'm sure I heard voices. Who? Oh, who is it? I can't see. The window's covered with frost. Oh, look out the door. No one. Nothing. We'll... We'll just have to wait. Seems a woman is always waiting. Waiting for her sweetheart's knock at the door. For a baby to come. For the children to return from school. Her husband to come home from work. Always waiting for someone. And then... Sometimes it doesn't come. Oh, he will come. He will... Every morning I pray that he'd be brought back to me safely. Every day ever since he was a little boy. And started off alone to school. Now. Now. Oh, Wilma. I loved him so much. I love him too. Don't cry. My dear. Why did I have to be the way I was? Why didn't I realize you weren't taking him away from me? But we both could have had him. Hush, Mrs. Roth. All that's happened. What does it matter now? What does it matter who was right or who was wrong? <laughs> Dr. Christian. I I tried to call you, but the, the phone is... It isn't working. Oh, where is he? Where we is him, he? We took him to Spot Powell's, the nearest house. You'd better come. He's He's been asking for you. Both of you. Flowers are lovely, aren't it, Judy? Yes. Has the minister come yet? About about ten minutes ago. 
And I suppose it'll be starting pretty soon. Where's Mrs. Ross? She's... Is she... Well, Judy, for goodness sake, what are you crying about? I don't know. I always cry at weddings. You cry at weddings? <laughs> if you had to dress up and wear a high collar like the one I've got on, you'd have something to cry about. <laughs> say, say, how do I look anyway? Oh, your, your tie isn't so good. Oh, still, I'll fix it. Little things are important. <laughs> don't I know it? If it hadn't been for a little thing like a telephone being out of order, there probably wouldn't be a wedding. Why, how do you mean? Because it gave me a chance to leave Mrs. Ross and Wilma alone for seven hours to talk things over. Oh. And if you leave anybody alone long enough to talk things over, they'll get them straightened out. Judy! Oh, here's Wilma. Oh, Wilma, isn't it thrilling? But how will Howard be able to put the ring on your finger when his arm's in the sling? It's his left arm, silly. Say, doctor, come on, they're waiting for you. All right, all right. We're ready. Say, Judy, Judy, uh, uh, what do I have to do? Just give Wilma your arm. No, no, stand on the other side of her. Oh, on on, on this side? Yes. Now you walk toward the minister. Oh, wait a minute. What? I think this is where I came in. And so we bring to a close another chapter in the life of Paul Christian, the Doctor of River's End. Gene Herschel, popular Hollywood star, plays the title role in this series through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. And now for a last bit of drama before we call it a day. Jimmy? Jimmy, come here. What on earth is that around your hand? A bandage. A bandage? Did you hurt yourself? No. Then why is the bandage around your hand? Well, you see, Mom, Eddie and me were working on our airplane model mm-hmm. then. And then I sort of slipped. Well, then you are hurt. No, I ain't. Well, here, let's have a look at that hand. And, Jimmy, don't say ain't. It don't hurt, Mom. Honest. Hmm. Well, you did give yourself a gash. That seems to be all right. Yes, am As soon as it happened, we washed it good and put some Vaseline jelly on it. Quick first aid measures will prevent many cases of serious infection. So if you have children in your family, you can't begin teaching them too soon how to care for all their little minor cuts, burns, and scratches. Doctors will approve the use of Vaseline jelly for first aid cases of this kind. So keep a bottle or tube handy where the children can get at it. Vaseline jelly is safe and reliable, and it costs only 10 cents a bottle. When you buy, be sure you look for the trademark Vaseline on the package. If you don't see it, you are not getting the genuine article. Prices of Vaseline products mentioned on this program apply only in the United States. The story of the attempted suicide and the blind boy who saw for the first time, which we told you on this Dr. Christian program last Sunday, has been chosen by the Columbia Network as the dramatic high spot of the week. And so, Gene Hersholt, star of the program, has been invited to recreate the story again on Columbia's program, The People's Choice, tonight over a coast-to-coast network at 8 o'clock New York time, 7 o'clock Central time, 6 o'clock Mountain Time, and 5 o'clock Pacific Coast Time. We hope you will listen in and invite your friends to listen. Next week, Gene Hersholt will be on the air again at this hour with another chapter in the story of Paul Christian, the Doctor of River's End. This is Arthur Gilmore bidding you good afternoon for the makers of Vaseline Preparations. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Broadcasting System.